Welcome once again to the network. This is our opportunity of putting the green book in the form of a podcast. Every interview is designed to help you physically, mentally, spiritually, and financially. Today's guest is a great brother by the name of Alton Bell. He earned his accounting degree from Southern University A&M College in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. This brother is an enrolled agent, but I'm going to let him tell you more about that himself. Y'all welcome this brother, Alton Bell. AB, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thanks, Mike, for having me on here. Um, it's very much appreciated, no matter what platform it's on, you know, just to be able to chop it up with you and being able to tell your story is definitely an honor. So much respect. Appreciate it. Man, you're welcome. You're welcome. So, man, introduce yourself to our listeners or if they're watching by YouTube. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us who you are. Tell us a little bit about Alton Bell. Okay. Um, Alton Bell, as you stated, uh, I'm here in Chicago, um, product of Chicago. Got my schooling uh, down in Southern University, Baton Rouge. Got my accounting degree there. Um, from there, went into corporate America. Um, ended up in corporate America for about nine years. Started my own business from there, um, accounting firm. And been in business 13 years now. Um, so it's been a blessing. Been married to my wonderful wife, Dewan Johnson Bell. Uh, she's a resident. Uh, well, she comes from uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So I brought the Southern girl up to Chicago. Uh, we've been married ten years now. Got two wonderful boys, a seven-year-old and a three-year-old. Um, that adds so much color to our lives. Keeps us on our toes. Um, so we we're both entrepreneurs. Uh, so we got a busy life, a hectic life, and at the end of the day, we got a blessed life. So let me say that. So that's pretty much about me. I mean, it's a lot of things, roles and caps that I wear, but at the end of the day, um, I'm a husband and a father. They're the two most important things to me. Definitely, definitely. You mentioned that you wear a lot of caps. What what are some of those caps that Alton wears? What are some of those roles that you play? Man, uh, so, <laughs> you know, about being a business owner, I'm a leader. You know, so I have to lead, um, lead my employees, um, also show them, you know, what being a, a good person is, because in order to be a good business person, you need to have some good, um, good things, good deeds about you, some good standards in the way you live your life. So it's just not conducting the business. You know, they watching how you live your life as well. Um, so that's one thing in regards to that. Um, and then the clients that I have just from personal income tax all the way to my business owners. You know, they look at me as, you know, what type of advice can they get from me or financial advice to help them build a business? And they're dependent on their business to, you know, deliver their dreams, buy homes, send kids to college, um, save for retirement. So you got that role that I'm playing. Um, and then in a church, I'm a ordained deacon since 2013. So I got that role in the church. Um, you know, you got to be a living word instead of, instead of being a talking word. So you got to kind of live that in all aspects of the life. Um, you know, I'm a brother to three younger siblings. Uh, so, you know, I always carry that with me about, you know, being a protector of women from early on in life. And then, 
even on, you know, on my father's side, the first grandchild to graduate with a college degree. So a lot of things, brother, a lot of things. And that's just probably just the tip of the iceberg. But Okay. Okay. You, you mentioned being the first to graduate from college. You got a great story about that. But before you, before you tell that story, I'm definitely, I definitely want you to tell that story. Okay. Um, man, just listening to you talk about the different hats that you wear. Do you ever feel pressure? Uh, definitely. Ever, do you ever? Okay. Definitely. I mean, it's, it's inherent pressure. Uh, no matter uh, what part of life you're in, you're going to get pressure, you know, uh, too much is given, much is expected, you know, so mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. to take a step back and just evaluate or take a deep breath or even just pray sometimes or internalize things to say, hey, you know, let's, let me make sure I'm making the, the wisest decision here. Um, so, I mean, the pressure is there a day in and day out. It's just really how you deal with it. I don't think um, the thing is you, you can't let the pressure uh, get you down. It helps build character. So you need to be learning from it. Okay, man, just business owner, husband, father, deacon, leader, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When you feel that pressure, what do you do to to kind of relieve that pressure or relax or, you know, what do you have a ritual or, you know, what, what is your stress reliever? Cause I know I'm just, you know, just listening to all of those different hats that you wear, all those different roles that you play, you know, um, I'm guessing that sometimes you feel, you know, like, okay, every day I got to walk this line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So by you, I, I know you mentioned thinking, I know the, the the, the, you know, the first answer people would say of the church or the Christian folks would say, you know, pray. Um, that's part right, of my right. everyday life. But I mean, my wife is my biggest, uh, um, biggest relief. So let me say that, to be honest, I'm going to be straight candid with you, you know, as a man, that's, you know, that's, you know, that's some person that I rock with, um, that I'm able to, you know, chat with every night, every morning, um, that helps me get through it. Um, Typically what I do, I work out three or four times a week. Now that it's warm here in Chicago, um, I'm literally like uh, right across from the lakefront. So I go out there and try to run and ride my bike um, on the lakefront, um, throwing some good music, some 90s music or some old school music. Um, And so that's really what gets me through. Um, It helps me relieve and get going for the day. It's a Honestly, it's a different day. Because uh, I didn't go running this morning. And I, for some reason, I feel a little bit uh, drained or lethargic. And it's, I'm like, wow, like this, it, it, it's crazy how the day is different when you don't get that little burn or sweat. Yeah, yeah. Well, man, shout out, shout out to your wife. You know, shout out to all the brothers who got good <laughs> wives. But, but even further than that, shout out to all the good wives out there. Yeah. Because we know, we know that our wives <laughs> really hold us down. So, man, you got a great story um, about being at Southern University. So, man, I want to give you the space to to, to share that story with us. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I came to Southern, uh, you know, been, by being the first time going to college within my family, first generation. Um, you know, I thought it was, 
I thought it was like high school. I know in high school we had like little fees or whatever, but you know, you can sign the paper and set up a payment plan and go. Um, I got to Southern. I hadn't filled out, filled out no FAFSA. I just know I had the acceptance letter. I need to go register. So I, you know, I came down to Southern, had my dorm, had my suitcase, all that good stuff. Um, moved in, went down to the register. You know, to the mini dome at the time, you stand in the big line, you see people, you register. Yeah, you get. So I got the fees and I'm like, you know, I'm like, I guess I'm like, so, okay, like, yeah, it's four thousand or five thousand, whatever it was. Back then you had the out of state fee. And I'm like, okay, so, yeah, like it's a payment plan. Right. And they're like, well, you got to pay that. I'm like, now, like all at once. They like, yes, all at once. And I'm like. I was at loss of words. So I just had to go over in the, in the mini dome and find a seat by myself and just kind of sit there and take in this information. Like, wow. Like what, what year is this? <laughs> this is 97. This is fall of 97. Okay. Um, fall, fall of 1997. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm just like, wow. Like, what do we, what do I do? Um, so you know how it is. Um, at some point, Southern gets to the point housing, they're about to kick you out the door. Um, so I went, talked to the housing director, tried to get an extension. They gave me like two extensions. Um, and then it got to the point where I did do financial aid and the financial aid takes forever to process. Um, and yes, it does. <laughs> and the only way I can actually get in school was, you know, they're about to kick out my classes and all that. Well, they did kick out my classes. I did the re-registration, got back in classes. They're about to kick them out again. So I needed financial aid. About to get kicked out of school. And I knew, I, I remember, um, you know how everyone comes to school. Uh, they're in the back. All the kids in the back between Jones and Bowley Hall having a good time. And I just remember looking out the yeah. window. Um, everyone's having a good time. And I'm like, man, like, why can't, you know, I want to go to college. I want an education. Why can't I just be, you know, have a good time, everything set up for me? So I remember um, getting on my knees, crying and praying that God will make a way. Um, but at the same time, you know, uh, you got to, Faithful Without Works is dead. So I went to, you know, financial aid, harassing them, harassing them every morning for like a week, two weeks straight. Um, so when you, when you say harassing them, man, paint, paint a picture for me. I want to know. <laughs> no, so I, I want to know what these interactions look like. So Tell us what these interactions look like. So if you're a financial like. aid director and you, you know how people, you got your job, you come in with your coffee, your bag, your routine, and it's this young man that's sitting by your door every morning that's trying to get an update. <laughs> that's who I was. I was the person who came to the door to the financial aid director for an update for a week straight. The financial aid director got tired of me, sent me to the uh, Dean of uh, Academic Affairs. Same routine. I sat in front of him. I figured out what his office was. Uh, his at the time it was Frank Ransberg. I remember his name. <laughs> Sat there in the back every morning, and I remember probably like the by the time we got to the second week, I was sitting outside waiting on him to come in. And when he got out the door and saw me, he dropped his head and shook his head like this dude is not going nowhere. And I just remember I told him I'm like I'm not going back to Chicago. Like I need to be in school. 
Um, he called a financial aid office. I don't know what he said or what took place. But Mr. Bell was enrolled in school. Um, and I was in, I was, you know, from there, went on to get a college degree, pledge Omega Sci Phi, became a, 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 a senior, a senior senator uh, with the SGA, um, was NAVA president, National Association of Black Accountants, um, very active in the College of Business. Um, so it had some of the great times of my life at Southern University. And, and you know, Southern really, really molded me to be a man, you know, coming from the south side of Chicago. Um, I didn't know how to tie a tie when I came to Southern. I, I learned um, your line brother, TJ, taught me how to tie a tie, my DP. That's how I learned how to, to, to tie a tie um, through Omega Sci-Fi, you know, those type of things. Um, at Southern Business School, they taught me how to properly eat when you're on a job interview, um, how to interview, um, prepare yeah. you for corporate America. Um, so it was just a fabulous experience. Um, and hey, man, that's, that's who I was. I wasn't giving up. They grit. They grit. Yeah, man, I, I I love that story, but probably more than that, man, I love how you are able to connect those dots, you know, of the things that Southern did for you, you know, the, the things that this HBCU was able to do for you. Man, you said one thing. You said a couple of things, actually. You know, you said you were this kid from Chicago. You're looking out the window. You know, you're this kid from the from Chicago who just wants to be in college, and you were you told the guy, "Hey, man, I'm I'm not going back to Chicago." So, we see AB now. You know, the success of AB. We you just told us the story. You know, man, take us back just a little bit more, and you know, man, t- AB is a kid. You know, t- tell us about AB, the kid from Chicago. What what lit that fire? for you to say, no, man, I want to go to college. And then what was it that led you to Southern University? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I got a big family. So let me say that my mother, maternal side is from, uh, Charleston, Mississippi, Tallahatchie County, uh, which is the same County where, um, what's the young man name that was Lynch Emmett Till was Lynch. Um, so, you know, I would go down there a lot in the summer, um, see how my great grandparents, you know, worked on the farm, all that good stuff. Um, how they, you know, how actually worked to earn their money. My father, he's from Baton Rouge, actually born in, uh, Ulysses, Louisiana. So, uh, my family is large from the South. Um, we ended up, you know, coming to Chicago, uh, once my father got out the military, um, once he here in Chicago, you know, in the mid eighties and late eighties, you know, um, being black, it was the crack ec- epidemic, you know, I don't care what nobody yeah. said. I remember in the barbershop, we was chatting and I said, man, I can think back in my classroom, at least 50 to 60% of my classmates, parents were, um, abusing crack at the time, you know, Damn. um, and they agreed. It was just like it's like when you think back to that age of, you know, in the late late eighties, early nineties, it was it was a real issue in the inner city. Um yeah. and my parents, they had they dealt with drug abuse, they overcame it. 
Um, and I saw that, you know, I saw drugs being pushed around the neighborhood. I saw my parents uh, fall to divorce from that. Um, and then, you know, moving around and things like that until my mother, you know, she got herself together, raised four college graduates, phenomenal woman, strong woman. And, you know, I tell people about my mother and they like, they like, wow, like she really went through this. Like, I never think that it seemed like y'all had the perfect life. I'm like, no, nah, we, we went through some real stuff. So, you know, shout out to my mom. <laughs> yeah. So growing up, I always like, you know, why are we moving around? Why we don't own a house? So, you know, that financial um, inquisitiveness always want, you know, um, geared me towards money or something dealing with money. And, you know, um, that's what kind of led me to, you know, majoring in accounting or some around finances of that nature. So I kind of took hold to that. And I knew like those things that happened in my life, I knew I needed to get an education because I knew it couldn't take away from me. And I knew that, you know, um, once I did get the education, that I would ensure that, you know, my kids didn't have to go through what I went through in college. Um, but now I'm an adult with kids. And so it's a different type of pressure. Right. So they're, they're living a life that I dreamed of. But now, you, you know, you have to kind of teach them along the way and embed something in them a little bit different than what I went through. So it's, it's, it's a whole, you know, that's, that's probably my biggest pressure, Mike, right now. <laughs> it's like listening, <laughs> teaching this. I got to teach these two boys to be, I, I got to prepare them to be men. You know, this, this yeah. is a real responsibility. So, uh, man, just, uh, I'm, as I think of different ideas, you know, for the podcast, that's actually one of the things I thought about, you know, and it was just, you know, man, having the conversation about fatherhood, because I'm in the same situation. My children are growing up completely opposite from the way that I did. Right. Mm -hmm. So I remember that this is crazy. Y'all don't judge me. Okay. But I remember being upset that their grandfather could pick them up from the bus stop when it was raining, you know? And while that seems like a little small thing, you know, I was like, man, it's a little rain. A little rain ain't gonna hurt nobody. Right. I had to walk in the, I had to walk in the rain. They can walk in the rain, you know, just, just thinking, you know, it's one of those character building things. Right. But then when I thought about it, I was like, but if they were my grandchildren and I, was in a situation where I can go pick my grandkids up from the bus stop and they didn't have to walk home. I would do that, mm-hmm. you know? And I know that's like a little small, little, little small trivial seeming thing, man, but it is really a challenge. You know, it is a challenge, man, to raise our kids. Cause they have all of the things that, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to necessarily say all of the things, but they have access to things that, like you said, man, that we dreamed of. No, you they, know, they, so they got it all, you? Mike. Don't they? You know they got it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't, man. Listen, we, that's that's another. Like I said, that's another podcast for another day. Um, so man, I'm I'm definitely I'm gonna have to bring you back on so we can <laughs> so we can really really talk about that. Um, man, let me just pause for a second. So if you're listening, um, to the audio podcast, or if you're watching on YouTube, I really really appreciate it. Go ahead and hit that like button. Subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend so that they can tell another friend. All right. Again, we got this brother Alton Bell here. 
Um, Alton, I know you do work in the community as well. So before we kind of jump into the next part of this, talk a little bit about the work that you're doing in the community in Chicago. Um, so one, I'm, I'm, I'm a board member of the Callahan Foundation. Uh, it's an inner city foundation where we raise money to send uh, inner city kids to to college. Uh, I'm the scholarship chair in regards to that. So, you know, help raise funds there and to help select scholars uh, to go to college because I know like, you know, pound for pound, you get a college degree, it far outweigh whatever your earning power is. And then, you know, from a business standpoint in the community, I, you know, I always do a back to annual back to school supply giveaway, you know, to help the kids get motivated to go back to school, book bags, supplies, whatever they need. Um, and then just anything that where I can step in, you know, when um, last year, when, you know, it was in the middle of COVID and then, you know, when we had the riots up here, um, so many stores were looted. Um, so, you know, I put together um a hot meal giveaway for the seniors and for those in need. And then also I partner with a local pharmacy to help fill prescriptions for the elderly because a lot of the Walgreens and a lot of prescription um, CVSs of that nature, they were closed. Um, so I just, you know, felt like I need to step up and do something. And shout out to my team here at Bell Tax, uh, which is majority family, my sisters, um, to help put pull that together and, you know, step in and be a blessing where we need it to be. Man, you are, and I'm not saying this tongue in cheek, man, you, you are a hero. So <laughs> when, when we, you know, when we think about community stalwarts and stalwarts and things like that, you know, we don't always know what we're looking for. So if you're watching, if you're listening, I'm telling you right now that you're, you're hearing from and you're looking at a guy who's a neighborhood hero, man, you, I, I look up to you. So before we jump into this next section, man, you, you've given us a lot of good stuff, but if you could take all of that and sum it up, tell us what, what is your why? Um, my why I mean, Man, my why is to be, you know, live out God's grace because he's giving me grace every day. Uh, to be the best husband to my wife, be the best father to my kids and be the best son to my parents, you know. So family means everything to me. So those things, you know, God and family, you can put them in that God family and business. Those are my three. That's good. God, family, and business. So let's talk about your business a little bit. Before mm -hmm. we do that, man, tell us. Um, it's Bell, Bell Tax Accountants. But if somebody needs to find you and they're like, okay, man, I got to find this brother because, you know, I want him to do my business taxes or I want him to do my personal income taxes, where can we find you? Go to my website. It's bell-tax.com. Once again, it's www bell b-e-l-l dash tax t-a-x dot com you can go there uh it has our email 
Um, you can shoot us an email. You can request a meeting. You can even upload your tax documents to get started right away and someone to contact you within 48 hours. So um, that's the best way to reach me. If you don't want to go directly to the website, just just Google Bell Tax in Chicago. I'm sure we'll come up. Um, we invested a lot of money in the web presence. <laughs> so we get a return on that. So, you know, that's the best way to reach me. You know, from a personal income tax standpoint, we do all that. You know, it's, it's nothing under the sun. We really can't do it. Uh, as a business owner, you know, we can help you uh, come up with a tax plan and strategy to help help you keep more money in your pocket so you can grow grow your wealth. Um, that's what we in business for, right? And no need in hustling if we're going to pay off all these taxes taxes to Uncle Sam and let Congress do what they want with it. Uh, you need to save it and build it up for your family and legacy. You heard the brother. If you out there hustling, but you losing all your money to taxes, you need some help. Sure. So make sure you go to his website. He told you he'll get back to you within 48 hours. Man, what, what is it like being a tax professional? Is it stressful? Uh, yeah, it is. Um, I would say, you know, with COVID, it's like, it was like no other, right? Uh, you know, it really showed, like, how valuable you are um, because so many things happen, man. I mean, you know, we was the center point for all these stimulus checks that were coming out from a personal standpoint. Right. Mm -hmm. um, just trying to coordinate that, making sure that, you know, people taxes were filed properly. Any question they had regards to their stimulus, what was going on the next round of stimulus, then the third round of stimulus. Um, and then with business owners. Right. So business owners, everyone shut down, including ourselves. You know, when it was March of 2020, we didn't know what today would look like 2021. We just know yeah. that everything was shut down. So, you know, you talk, you, you business owners who work for decades aren't able to earn a living, you know. So, you know, they're coming to you nervous, frightened, what to do, and you're trying to guide them or help them keep calm of what options they had financially through potential SBA grants or what they should do in regards to laying off or closing or, or letting go employees. Um, so, you know, it's, you were almost everything to everybody at one, you know, a, a small amount of time, you know? So yeah. it was, a, it was a good feeling if you're able to step up and meet the challenge, but at the same time, it was stressful. You know, I gained some COVID weight <laughs> like everybody else, but I had that, I had to, um, I had the extra added pressure just, you know, of the additional work and additional stress of what went on in the industry. What was going on. All right. I'm, I want to ask this one question about tax. I'm, I'm trying to keep it real simple. Mm -hmm. The average American, do they pay too much tax or not enough? The average working American, that, let me say the average middle class American, pay the average okay. middle class American uh, carries the burden of the majority of the tax in this country. Because I know I pay too much taxes, yeah. damn it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You get you, I mean, and look, you in Texas, you don't, you don't even have state income tax. 
So just imagine if you live, that's why you guys got all these California transplants coming to Texas because yeah, in California, yeah, yeah. they got a 13% state income tax on top of whatever federal tax, on top of whatever Ooh. Social Security and Medicare that they have. Um, so let me, let me let me roll mine back just a little <laughs> bit. Let me, let me roll that back just a little bit. So Texas is not a bad deal. Yeah, but there's, but there's ways. I mean, there's ways uh, from a... Let me say this about the, the whole tax piece. Um, as an employee, it's called earned income. That's the highest or the most tax income. You know, it's just really no way around it because you pay Social Security and Medicare on the taxes. They're going to take that regardless. That's like 15% off top. And then you get into your whatever your average tax rate is, it could be 15, 20%. You already 35% of your income is taxed, you know? So yeah, the way around is own a business or be an investor. Okay. Okay. The way around it. So listen, he told you, I'm not going to go. We're not going to go all the way into that. So maybe I can bring this brother back or you go to his webpage, right? But he told you the way around it is to own a business or be an investor. Own a business or yeah. be an investor. So I'm trying to get my life together in those areas. All right, brother. So you wear all of these hats. You're a tax professional. How do you sleep? I sleep good at night. <laughs> I sleep 100%. good at night, man. Um, there's no sense in worrying, right? Um if you're going to worry, don't pray. Don't pray, don't worry, right? So just, I just don't, you know, um, I've been through some stressful points in my life. I've been through some challenges. Uh, I have been through some sleepless nights. Um, you know, you, you just got to let go and let God have his will. Uh, and, and I'm not just saying that tongue in cheek. A lot of times you really physically can't do anything. So the best thing for you to do is get some rest and think through things of what your next step will be, whatever you're dealing with. Um, so that's just kind of how I take it, you know? There, there it is, man. That's what's up. That's what's up. All right. This next segment, we're going to talk about recommended books, recommended reading. So what are you reading right now? And what would you recommend to our listeners and watchers? Um, I just finished the E-Myth um, when I was on vacation, the EMF CFO, um, I'm, you know, I'm always trying to read something to kind of help me take my business or add value to any business owner I can. Um, that's what I just finished reading. Uh, one thing that I do recommend that people read, and th this, you don't have to be a business owner, whatever profession. Uh, I recommend the one thing. Uh, it's called the one thing. And the one thing, it, it helps you figure out what your one thing is. You know, if it's that one thing for the day, that's one thing for the week, that one thing for the month or whatever the year, it kind of helps you focus on that because, you know, we got so many things that's grabbing at our attention, right? We can't even focus, right. man. This, the right, phone, right. social media, our work, our family, emails, text messages, um, children, whatever it is. I mean, 
you need something to kind of take a step back. And I, I, that's why I recommend it. It even has a podcast, the one thing. And I listen to the podcast religiously as well. Okay. Thing. So who who is the author of The One Thing? Um, man, who, who is that guy? You're going to make me yeah. Google it. <laughs> yeah, if you don't have it right off, that's fine. You know, because I, I want to make sure that I put it. Oh, uh, Gary Keller. Alerts. Gary Keller. Yeah. Uh, the One Thing by Gary Keller. I think he, right. yeah, he's he's one of the founders of Keller Williams Realty. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else? Any other books? Nope. I got um, The Blessed Life. That's on deck next. Okay. All right. All right. What are you listening to right now? So when you're out running, you say you're out there on the left front, <laughs> getting your jog in on your bike. What's in your ears? Um, I go back and forth, man. Um, 90s hip hop running. Um, if I'm in a laid back mood, <laughs> to be honest, man, I, I go to some some of that old school 70s and 80s stuff. Um, okay. okay. They got like, you know, Frankie Beverly and Mays. Uh I got a, I got a, I got a pretty dope, a pretty dope old school mix it got it got like the whispers on there the dales it's just real real old soul that's that's from hanging around okay. listening to the uh even got um some bobby womack on there it's just it's it, it's that's from hanging around the old folks man i was i was, yeah, I was yeah. being grown <laughs> do you have you got some stevie on there some stevie wonder i got some stevie wonder i got a little bit of uh michael jackson in there so i got like a little hits um here and there from i even got a johnny a song of johnny taylor in there <laughs> okay that's that mississippi right there yeah um all right let me ask you this man if you could if you could only listen to one album from the 90s hip-hop right so it's like man the rest of your life you running but you only got one soundtrack you only got one album what album would it be? Oh man, that's that's tough, Mike. That's tough. You put me in a predicament. That, yeah, that's a tough one, man. Because <laughs> listen, we we know, man, that the '90s hip hop is unmatched, man. It's unmatched in in my professional opinion. Oh man, which one albums? Who's your favorite artist? Jay Z is my favorite artist, but you know okay. Jay Z and um, he didn't come along to the late nineties. So, right, some of those so, albums I wouldn't rock with, like all the way through. He 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 really didn't start hitting home into like those those two thousands. Okay, what's your favorite Jay Z album? Me, my me, my brother, and my nephews were talking about this the other day. What's your favorite? Or what, what do you think his best work was? His best work, yeah. Mm. It's either the is it Blueprint or Black Album. Rumor has it the Blueprint classic. <laughs> that's, that's my personal favorite, man. The Blueprint, man. The Blueprint was as an amazing album. The Black Album is good too. Yeah. Are you are you not entertained? Okay. All right. So. I'm going to let you off the hook. I'm going to let you off the hook there. 
So yeah, we'll let, say, me, out, right, let me out the hook, man. Jay-Z. You know, I'm you know, I'm from up north and I had the down south. So you know, '90s. I had, you know, I I, I know y'all love UGK. I used to, I used to UGK, Eight yeah. Ball, MJG. You know, the no Outcast. Then I had the Tupac no and the Biggie. Like if, yeah. like if it was a rotation, that was my rotation, man. Like that was my rotation albums. Up, uh, you know. I, a diverse, yeah, yeah, a diverse palette. Yeah, yeah, that's a, a diverse palette. Yeah, yeah, man, you can't, you can't go wrong there, man. You can't go wrong there. All right, um, podcast. You listen to any podcast? Yeah, I listen to yours. <laughs> the network there podcast. So, right, re- that's highly recommended. <laughs> the network. Boom, boom. Michael Prajan. Prajan. That's a Appreciate podcast that. I, I strongly that. recommend. Uh. The Potter's House, Much just the TV. Uh, that's a okay. podcast I listen to. Um, yeah. EYL, Earn Your Leisure. I listen to that podcast. Um, and the one thing. Those are some okay. those are, those are my top podcasts. Oh, on four of those. That, that's a good list, man. That's a good list. Um, I listen to the Bishop, the Bishop Thomas Dexter Jakes as well. Okay. All right, man. So we're now at the portion where we do uh, rapid fire, but I've mm-hmm. also added some word association. So we're going to go rapid fire first mm-hmm. and then we'll go word association. They're mm-hmm. both very similar. Okay. Both very similar. All right. You ready for this, man? Yeah. All right. So I'm, I'm going to start you off like this. Taste of Chicago or the Bayou Classic. Bayou Classic. Okay. Summertime shy or summers down south? Summertime shy, man. Well, well, let me say this. Depending on what stage. As a kid, summertime down south. As an adult, summertime shy. So let me say that. Okay, okay. There's a if reason, have... though. Oh, go ahead. Man, go ahead. Down, I mean, down south, some, I grew up, I mean, I used to go down south in the summer, bro, and we would literally play outside and be like full of dirt and dust and throwing rocks and doing some of everything into, and you know, my grandparents, they had a farm, you know, we would go out there, have my grandfather with the cows, go out to the um, barn with the pigs. Those man, those are some moments. It's just, oh man, some great times as, as a kid, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But as an adult, summertime shy, you guys gotta 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 do it. I don't know what the media puts out about Chicago, but um, sometimes I be in my own world and I be like, "That that happened here? Wow, okay." So yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff is uh, I mean, just w- with with all things, man. Most of that stuff is a little more compartmentalized than than people realize, you know. But it makes national media. All right. If you could have a superpower, what would it be and why? Um, go back and fix some of the mistakes I had, I did, you know, like okay. go back and, and fix some of the mistakes, you know, um, you know, I, I hurt some people or did some things that I probably should not have did just in life period. If I could go back and learn the lesson before I actually did it, that's the superpower I have. It's like, 
Okay. Like, like, why, why you got to go through this hardship to learn this lesson? But I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Okay. You know, that's part of life, huh? Right. You live and it you is. learn, as they say. You live. You definitely. Well, some people learn. <laughs> the key, a, a, a key, is to live and learn. Some people just, anyway. AB, do aliens exist? No. <laughs> <laughs> do you drink coffee? Yes, every morning. All right. Cardio or weights? Both. Talk or text? Man. Talk. Okay. What's your biggest pet peeve? Uh, untruthful people. There's no reason to lie. Definitely. How would America change if everyone, regardless of age, could vote? America wouldn't change. Ooh. Um, okay. That's a deeper conversation, but um, that is that is. I don't think that America is. will change. America still hasn't acknowledged one of their deepest sins uh, that they live that still haunts them to this day, and hasn't even made like any real efforts to kind of remediate or cure that um, that sin from early on. You know, they try to put some ointment on it, but it hasn't helped. So, man. So I, I'm listening to you and I can see like the guy or woman in the back of the room, just stand up and start the slow clap. <laughs> you know, man, that's like you said, that's deep. All right. Got a couple more things, man. Favorite vacation spot. Um, My favorite one was Turks and Caicos. And then what is the one thing that everybody needs to know about taxes? Um, investment and business ownership taxes are cheaper than being an employee that's tax that is listen I'm telling y'all you need to go to the website get to the website <laughs> all right all right so now we're gonna do word association I'm gonna throw out a word a term and then you give me what you got okay all right the IRS. Internal Revenue Service. <laughs> I'm a nerd. That's what I think of. <laughs> okay. Um, the Chicago Bulls. Michael Jordan. That's all I, I can think of. The Chicago Bears. Uh, they hurt our feelings for the past two decades. <laughs> Oh man! Ooh, sound like all right. Chicago Blackhawks. Blackhawks. Uh, it's a good team. All right, the White Sox. South side. The Cubs. North side. The Cubs. The Bros. Audits. Oh man, it's, it's a. A, a, a pitta, a pain in the A. I got you. I got you. Um, the Bayou Classic. 
<sighs> the first time attending, jaw dropping. <laughs> this point in my okay. life, exhausting. Okay, I got you. <laughs> the taste of Chicago. Hot. Uh oh man, I got a little thing on my end. I hope this is Oh, it's back. Right. We good. There we go. All right, we good. All right. And then the last one, historically black colleges and universities, HBCUs. Um preparing black men and women for life in America. I mean, well, not even life in America, preparing them for life overall. I think when you think of HBCUs, you know, it's a time in your life where you'll be around the majority of your people and be able to express mm-hmm. yourself, develop yourself, and learn while being yourself in any point of time in your life. Because once you leave there, you, you're a minority. Once you walk off that campus, you are a minority. So it's good stuff, man. I, stuff. I highly good encourage stuff. anyone if if you got the option to go to an HBCU, or your child does, send them there, because they it'll be the only time they'll be a majority for them four or five years. After that, they back to being a minority. Got to get that experience, man. It's a strongly and highly recommended experience that all young people should have. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna leave it there. Man, that was good. All right. This segment is called You Didn't Ask. This is your opportunity to give unsolicited advice. Nobody asked for it, but you're gonna give them to him anyway. Mm-hmm. What do you have for you didn't ask? Um from a financial standpoint, let me let me see. Did you know that um <laughs> This is some stuff I've been working on, chopping up with my wife, is that, you know, cash, that life insurance set up as a cash value, life insurance grows tax-free, and then it's not subject to, um, it's not subject to taxes when you retire, so you can use it as additional um, cash when you retire. It's not subject to bankruptcy if you're ever sued. Um, if they tried to garnish or take away your wealth, it's not included in that. And then also when you get to retirement, if you ever got sickly and you needed to go into like a home or something like that, um, they make you like exhaust all your assets before you use any type of government assistance. The life insurance is never counted as your asset. It's almost like hidden money. Um, I just I just learned this um, about that portion because a good f- a friend of mine his his parent went in to, had to go into a nursing home they had to spend all her liquid assets before um, getting any type of assistance so all the money that they thought that she thought that she was leaving to her kids she had to exhaust it to go into a nursing home wow. which is unfortunate. Wow. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Wow! And that's that is good information. Yeah, so, so get life insurance. I know, like people, we we ducking and dive, like, oh man, they trying to sell me a life policy. Get you a universal or whole life insurance. You would 
your uh, lineage will appreciate it. You'll appreciate it later on, later on in life as well. I wish I knew early on. I mean, I got some good stuff in place. But, man, I would have bought multi-million dollars for when I was young and healthy because it get more expensive the older you get. Yeah, man, listen, that that is good. Y'all didn't ask, but there it is. Get that life insurance, man. We actually, um, that oh, they can reach my wife for life insurance. She's a she's a, Come on, man. Give it she's a, a round table president, State Farm, um, life insurance, and she has her own uh agency. So if you ever need anything like that, go to my website and I'll direct you. Just, just that is man the episode that's actually coming out today is freddie from state farm okay a brother that i know um and we actually kind of talked a little bit about insurance so ab man thank you so much for sharing with us today man this this conversation has been awesome um this is the network mm-hmm. all right this is my attempt at creating a modern podcast version of the negro motors green book each interview we're building. I don't, I don't know if you can hear that in the background, but somebody needs to turn their alarm wow. off. You can't um, hear that. Cool. Each interview, we're building a network of talented professionals that you can reach out and touch. Every single episode is designed to help the physical, mental, spiritual, and financial health of black people living in and traveling through America. AB, man, God bless you. I appreciate, appreciate you. Brother. you. Welcome to the network. All right. We still need to talk offline when you start recording.